Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today, my guest is Kate McKay. She is a certified high-performance coach, an international best-selling author, a transformational speaker, podcast host, and the CEO of Sienna Strategy Group, and the founder of CEO, Kate McKay, LLC. Welcome, Kate. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm absolutely thrilled to be here, Brad. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to have you here. I know that you and I have been trying to get this done for a little while and we've run into snags here and there. So it's wonderful to finally have you here with me and I'm looking forward and excited to jumping in and sharing a bit about your story and your journey and all the beautiful light you put out into the world through the work you're doing. So with that being said, let's jump right in. Now, as mentioned, you're all of those things. You're also, and this is last but certainly not least, a mother. Now, that's a hell of a lot of hats you wear and one hell of an extensive resume. So how do you prioritize and how important is prioritization and organization for you? <laughs> That's the best question ever. <laughs> you know, oftentimes what I say is I have something, a pretty intense disorder and it's ADHD and I have actually <laughs> changed it around to make it an incredible gift to the best of my abilities. I competed in a bikini competition. I won right on. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And what I heard most often, Brad, was, wow, you're so disciplined. And every time someone would say that to me, I'd be like, you know, I'd I'd laugh because it's so ridiculous that I would be perceived as a person with discipline. And what I say is, I'm a person that needs very strict parameters And I don't compete for the competition. I compete because I know in those eight weeks of prep, I'm going to be one productive girl because I have a vision. It's never about show day. It's always about the book that I'm writing, the people I'm serving, and the darker places that I need to move through from a psychological and spiritual perspective to make that path filled with light, not just for myself, but to bring other people in that. I love that. Now, being a serial entrepreneur or multi-passionate, I would love to know, what does your morning routine look like? That's one place where I got it down. I would say (laughs) this is the most important thing. And I am first thing I do, uh, in all honesty, uh, grab my Java, but I light a candle and I light an incense every morning. It's just like a practice that I do. And I've been doing that every day since I lost my son in 2017. It has become yeah, it has become a ritual for me to honor his light. Mm-hmm. And our smell is such an important part of us as humans. 
I brought up a story the other day where my kids were sick when they were little. I'd be like, breathe in my face. Wait a minute, breathe in my face. I can tell if you're sick or not. So it's like that sense of smell is so primal. And so I do those two rituals to start. And my morning ritual can go anywhere from a half an hour to two hours. And that is because I love to sit. I love to read. I love to journal. I have a series of books, most of them spiritually bent or metaphysical. And I just sit with myself and I center myself. I've also studied shamanism. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to journey or go other realmy in that nutty crunchy kind of way, but it really helps me. So I communicate with God quite a bit. If I don't get that going on, I'm not okay, right? And right. I think that this is the point that I want to make for anyone listening is that I know we're built in a society built towards action. And what I will say, and this is coming from a person who is active and action oriented, is that we cannot be effective and efficient if we don't give ourselves reflection time. So the reason why journaling, meditating, praying, taking that time in stillness is so important is because it builds our self-awareness and our self-understanding. And if we don't give ourselves grace for that time, we're never going to learn our lessons. We're always going to be in rewind and repeat mode. So the first part is reflection. The second part is intention. It's bringing yourself to the present moment so that you can look at your reflections and set intentions on how you want things to go. How do you want to feel? How do you want to feel even at the end of the day, Brad? Yeah. And then finally, it's creating action steps. So it's reflection, intention, and action. And action's just, it's the whipped cream with the cherry on top. (laughs) I love that you brought up the fact, though, that society is geared towards go, 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 action, action. So I would love, with that being said, I would love to hear your thoughts on this whole hustle culture bullshit. What do you think of this? Well, I think that COVID disrupted that in a big way. Mm -hmm. And I think it knocked a lot of people on their butt and a lot of people are still sitting. Yeah. And we had a time where people were go in your house, lock your door. We were all in a time out. And a lot of people saw some ugly in their house, um, whether yeah. it was a relationship, their relationship to themselves, their relationship to their spouse, their children. We ran away. We ran away from home to run away from our pain or unresolved things that were in our house, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially. And so I think a lot of people are still in that place. They're still yeah. in that dark place and floundering. I would say that in all honesty, Probably 90% of people are still in that spot. And I would say 10% of people are the people that are productive, that are reaching into the light, that are getting clear on a meaningful pursuit. Write that word down, people. Meaningful pursuit. It's not looking for a deeper sense of meaning. It's looking for, you know, who I am. It's you are meaningfully pursuing it. I love that distinction. I love that distinction. I'm very curious, Kate, what were you doing before you made the jump into entrepreneurship? I don't even know. I think I was always <laughs> that way. Well, you know what? This is the thing, Brad, in all honesty, and I, and I say this from a heart-centered space, is I think that people with ADHD or people that are just a little bit different, we've always been alone. So we, in some ways, have always been entrepreneurs because we always were blazing a trail where no one else was. I spent a lot of time, even though I may come across as though I'm super extroverted, by nature, I'm not. And so I spent a lot of time on my own because this is the truth. I didn't fit in. 
I wasn't right. like, I was born into a family of deadheads. I don't even like the Grateful Dead. I'm one <laughs> of nine children, Brad. So wow. I was like, whoa, I'm all light and positivity. And everyone's like getting high and freaking listen to the dead. It was depressing. I was like, how do I get bored into this situation? So it was from the beginning that I was kept continued stumbling into the light, always seeking the light and not really having people leading me. I was just like, yeah. all right, I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep moving in because I knew what I didn't want. I didn't want to be in the darkness. I wasn't interested. I love it. Mm. <laughs> born into a family of deadheads. Can you imagine me? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> no. Thank you. Thanks for being on my side, Brad. Yes, I got you, Kate. I got you. <laughs> now, how long have you been working in the entrepreneurial world as a high-performance coach? So this is a, a kind of a cool story. So I had three young kids and I owned a gym, like a training studio, because yep. fitness has always been a piece. It's, in all honesty, how I've managed my ADHD since I was 21. The first time I got under a bench, I was like, oh, it, it calmed me down. It right yeah. here, yes. Yeah. And so I had a gym. I was training people. I had three young kids. And I also had a former husband that really couldn't keep a job. And I realized my prince wasn't coming and I needed to come up with something. And the personal training wasn't it. So in 2007, 2008, I, lucky enough with the downturn of the economy, fell into an incredible experience of buying and selling gold. So okay. I was a direct buyer of scrap gold at mm -hmm. gold parties. Yeah. And then I direct sold into the market, into the open market gold. So this is a woman, theater background, no business training, built a multi-million dollar company over three years, was able to write myself. And the story behind that was I was so driven by number one, how women were getting totally taken advantage of in the gold cell business. They trusted jewelers and pawn shops and they were getting taken by yeah. what they should have been getting. So I had a bunch of women working for me. I was both a bank and a boss of all these different women that worked and I paid them really well. And as one newspaper wrote about me, they said, she doesn't have reps, she has disciples. <laughs> and the reason why that's so awesome is because we all believed in the same principle. And that is all women deserve fair market money. All women are worthy of no matter what, even if they have one gram of gold and we're in the projects or we're in, you know, the fanciest house, every single person deserved to feel respected and honored. And that was, the, that was the motto. And, and it was, so I got goosebumps when I talk about it because yeah. this is the truth of most women and men too, but women in particular, what I heard over and over and over again, we all did. Number one, I'll be glad if I get 50 bucks. Number two, worst case scenario, I can always work at Walmart and live in a studio apartment. Now, it didn't matter where we were. This was the same story for 95% of women. And, shit. and then we're writing checks for $100, $500, $1,000, $1,500. And they're laughing, they're crying, they're celebrating. But this is what we said to them. This is your money. This is yours. What's in your jewelry box is yours. It's not your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your children. It's yours. Mm -hmm. And if you want us to write you a check for 50 bucks and you tell your husband, that's how much you made, that's all chill. And we did sometimes write two checks. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> um, and it was just a complete trip. And so that 
business birthed a calling, a bigger calling to continue to do the work because it's all coaching. Yeah. If you're a good leader, you're a freaking amazing coach. Yeah. Coaching is about being present. Coaching is about listening. Coaching is about speaking what you feel and know is going on in the conversation. And leadership and coaching is always, always, always about holding a higher vision. Always. I love that. Beautiful. Now, I've heard a lot of people say that most, if not all coaches, have been through their own personal journey, story, shit. I mean, we all have as human beings. We all go through our shit. What I have found, though, is that for most of the women that I speak to that are coaches that now work in the coaching industry, there was an event or something that was a catalyst to push them into coaching, becoming coaches. Can you share a little bit about your own personal story before making the leap? I know that you just briefly talked about getting into the gold industry, but... Was there some kind of catalyst for you that propelled you into coaching, into doing the work that you do as a coach? It started when I, I would say when I was 15 years old and I got shipped off to all girls boarding school. It was a performing arts school. So my mother knew I didn't fit in and she knew it wasn't going to go well if I stayed within the environment to which I was being nurtured. And so she, even though we had no money, I don't know how they did it. My mother shipped me off as a junior in high school. So I landed a girl that thought I was all that in a bag of chips into a, an environment that was an extraordinarily gifted group of young women. And I was like a fish out of water. I got mm. humbled bad, but there was this huge gift in that situation and that was, I found theater. Okay. And I remember I was always like BB minus student, you know, I had to do the grind because that's the life of ADHD. But I remember in theater class that I got an A because I was really good at being present. So a good actor is someone that can be truly present. And I'm like, whoa, wait, wait, I get an A for just doing what I do? I'm fascinated <laughs> by people. Tell me your story. I remember everything. And this is the freaky thing. Like, Brad, as soon as we got on the phone, I downloaded every single thing you told me when we were on the phone months and months ago. Yeah. Every single thing, like your past, your history, what your passion is, your heart. I felt you. I don't mm. ever forget people. I'm walking around in this little body with thousands of stories. So I get a download and the download that I get is people's heart and mm. I don't forget it. I don't forget how they made me feel or what they feel or what they long for. I download longing. And I think that that's the key essence of what coaching is about. It's the key essence of, I would say, my success. And I would have to tell you, it was the key boy. I, it's a bizarre thing to say, but losing a child, there is no way in friggin' hell I could have ever gone through that if I didn't understand and know the gift of presence and being in the grief fully. And I know I scared a lot of people because I just walked right into it, just like I did everything else. I just, I was not afraid to walk wow. through it. It was ugly and it was beautiful. And I'm grateful for my son. That's, for that's that. it, right? Grief is a very tough animal to navigate. And we're not taught how to deal with it as human beings properly, you know? Mm -hmm. And everybody deals with grief differently, absolutely, 100%. But it, even like knowing what to say to somebody who may be going through grief, we don't know. We don't know what to say. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it makes Nothing. things very. You don't have to say anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Just I mean, that's present. the thing, right? It's just mm-hmm. be, I went and visited a girlfriend yesterday and she's got cancer and mm-hmm. we just hung out. And I did her laundry. We talked about boys and we just laughed and giggled. And it doesn't have to be heavy. Just be with people. Relax. There's nothing to say or do. And if you're all hung up on it, that means you're making it about you. It's not about you. Bring joy. Just be present. Yeah. And I think my, my motto is to go deep and bring the joy. I'm not afraid to step in the mess. I'm just not. And I'm not afraid because what's the worst thing that can happen? I already lived it. Yeah. Even my own death or knowing that I had an illness would never be as bad as losing a child to me. Right. I just, I don't know. It's like, to me, I don't know because my own mortality is my own mortality. We all walk that, but a child is never, it's a disruption that is, is unfathomable and I don't wish anyone to go through that fathomed space. I don't think there is anything worse than that, losing a child. I don't think there no. is. You cannot replace, and that never leaves you. That's with you forever until the day you leave this earth. I found this weekend his birth bracelet. Mm-hmm. I was for a screwdriver. <laughs> and it knocked me on my ass. No doubt. It knocked me on my ass. And I had to be in it because the bracelet's this big, Brad. Yeah. And the first thing I did, I smelled it, dude. That's what we do. We are animals. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, I just smelled it. I just like tried to shove it up my nose because it's like (laughs) you remember the smell, the essence of somebody. And it was a mess. I was a mess, a beautiful mess. I love that. That you said (laughs) you preempted that with beautiful. A beautiful mess. I love it. That's a beautiful way of putting it. What is it then, Kate, that sets you and the work you do apart from other coaches? Why would they choose to work with you over someone else? Well, first of all, I know that people feel my commitment and I'm not for everyone because I'm not a lightweight. And I will say that I remember it clearly. I was coaching this guy and we were on the phone on Zoom and He's going on and on, you know, this and that and this. And he's talking himself like I was just sitting there and I'm just listening. And he goes, he's quiet. He looks right at me. He goes, <laughs> you don't believe me, do you? And I'm like, hmm. He's like, and he's like, wait a minute, what? You think I'm full of shit? And I was just like quiet. I just, just sit there. And I was like, how does it feel to blow smoke up your own ass? And he, we just both started laughing so hard because it's like, I don't have to give people a hard time. I just have to witness. So just all I'm doing is witnessing. I'm sitting in as a witness. So if you tell me you want something, I'm holding the space. That's all. I'm holding the space. But I don't have an agenda. So I would say that's where I'm very, very different is that I don't care what people dream of. It it can Mm -hmm. be the wildest thing. I'm like, I believe you. Yeah. Let's go. Let's and make it happen. It require reflection, intention, and action. If you're not willing to reflect, if you're not willing to intend, and if you're not willing to take action, I'm the wrong coach for you because yeah. I will require all three. Yeah. Honestly, you know. I love it. <laughs> what, in your opinion, is the most important quality or skill set in a high performance coach? Well, presence. Yeah. And I think you have to have someone who has experience in their own success. Like 
why would anyone hire a trainer that's not in shape? Why would mm-hmm. you not hire a business coach that hasn't already proven success? It makes no sense. It's like going to AA and asking for sobriety advice. You know, you're, you got to look at the circle to which you are getting your knowledge and your support. Yeah. And you should be hiring someone that scares you in all honesty. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, because it's like, if you, just, you want a friend or do you want someone that's going to hold you to the fire and is going to love you through it? I am yeah. a real woman. I love passionately and I'm loyal and I'm committed. So I would say that's, I come with that, you know, but it's just, that's the bottom line is you should be frightened of, and I mean, frightened, excited. Yeah. That you make the call and you're like, I want to work with that person. I want that yeah. person to be my friend or I want, you know, it's like, you've got to strive. And this is the best quote that I use often, which is you hear it all the time. Like you're the representative of the five people that are around you. Yes. Well, that's not really true. Really, ultimately, what I would like to hold the intention for the viewers and listeners is you are representative of the five people you expect to have around you. Who are you expecting to have around you that's going to help you raise your game? It takes a village to a game. Love it. I want to get your thoughts on the coaching industry, the current coaching industry. Again, I've had multiple conversations with women who are coaches, and I'm finding that a lot of the women don't even like using the word coach because of the negative connotation, because of these coaches on social media who are saying they can turn you into a six-figure coach in six weeks and so on and so forth, the bullshit that's going on. What are your thoughts on what's going on in the coaching industry currently? Coaching is sales. You got to be a good salesperson to be a good coach and vice versa. So we can kick and scream about all the social media, this and that. You have to rise to the level of excellence. And you have to have a proven track record and you have to be outcome-based. If you think you're just going to hang up your shingle and say you're a coach, good luck. It ain't going <laughs> to happen. It's a competitive market. So you have to stand out and be clear on what your brand is. There's a lot of people. Think about all the people that want to be a health coach. You know, oh, I just want to help people. If you're in your tagline is you just want to help people, you ain't going to do well as a coach. You have to be very clear on who you are and what you're looking for and the benefits that you provide and why I love the system. I have my own coaching system, but I'm also certified through Brandon Bouchard and why I like his system is it's science backed and it's research based. You have to have a system and you have to be able to measure your ROI. How am I measuring the outcome of my clients? Oh, you better believe I have assessments. Because they need to feel, oh, wow, I've made change. I've grown. And these are the ways that we're measuring it. Because that's the field now. Coaching is is now a a profession that can be measured. And so I would think that's really the most important thing. It's not enough just to say, oh, I want to help people. You have to know how you help them, why it's so important to you, who is going to benefit, and talk about your system. As a coach, you developed the CPI methodology, which focuses on three high-performing habits. Can you speak to us a bit about the CPI methodology, what inspired its creation, a little bit about the three high-performing habits you focus on? Yeah, right on. So high-performance coaching is really geared on six high-performance habits. Okay. Brenda Bouchard designed this research, spent millions of dollars on it, and he looked through all the different ways that we assess success, right? All the tests out there. 
that all the businesses and lifestyle tests that we can use. And what he determined was that there is actually six high performance habits that are in the people that are high performers. Well, first of all, what are high performers? High performers are people that have consistent, fulfilling levels of happiness, joy, connection, influence. And it's not just about the money because their personal <laughs> and their professional experiences and development match. Their relationships are as rich personally as professionally. You know, so we look at it that way. There's six high performance habits that he discovered. One of them is clarity. Energy is the second. Third is necessity. Fourth is productivity. Fifth is influence. And sixth is courage. So the CPI methodology is based on clarity, productivity, and influence. Why do I focus on those? Because people think that they're just in a state of overwhelm and they're not getting anything done. That's why people hire me. They don't feel productive, right? Or they just don't have mm -hmm. a sense of meaning or they, you know, whatever. They're in overwhelm. Right. So I say, you think it's that you're not being productive. You're frustrated because you don't have the influence and impact around you. But I'm going to tell you right now, it starts because you're not clear on who you are. You're not clear on how you're measuring your actions and you are not clear on how you're measuring success. And so that's where we start. So that's why I call CPI because ultimately influence your impact. If I ask you this number, Brad, from one to 100, what percentage of your goodness have you tapped into in your life? What number would you give me? I would say probably 60. Right on. So the average high performer is between 40 and 60%. So if your number's lower, anyone who's listening, or it's right in that 40 to 60%, you're right on call. Okay. So coaching is about coaching into that gap. So Brad, if you were a client, it would be like, Brad, that's awesome. You're at 60. Good work. Now the goodness is in the gap. How do we tap into that, that gap? And that oftentimes comes from digging into where you have less clarity. And then we create an action plan from there. Hope that's helpful for you. Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully explained. I love that. Now, you work with a lot of professionals around leadership, thought leadership. I would imagine mindset, of course, is a huge part of that. What makes a successful leader, in your opinion, Kate? That's a really great question. Well, I dug into that a little bit when I'm talking about high performance and those qualities. But I would say right now, I'm going to focus on the sixth one, which is courage. Now, courage isn't about, you know conquering the lion and all that. What I'm talking about is your ability to have honest conversations, to speak your truth, to tell people what you need and having the power to say, and oh no. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so leaders right now, if they're not authentic and they're not relatable, they're not going to be successful. They won't make it because we are in a time right now where things are shaky, big time shaky. I don't know about you, Brad, but there's a lot of things going on in the financial economic forum of life as people mm -hmm. ringing up their credit cards and going and buy, buy, buy here in America. The World Economic Forum has a whole other agenda. I am a nerd. I love macroeconomics. <laughs> I am actually a freak of nature in my broad interest. But when we're looking at that shift that's happening and that 
again, we go back to the place where how many people are sleeping, not oh, really yes. aware of what's going on in our worldwide economy, peeps. I'm not talking about just here in US of A or Canada yeah. for you, Brad, right? Yeah. I'm talking about what's going on in the worldwide economy. There are some big shifts happening. So the leaders, the coaches, the game changers, the winners, the most productive people, the influencers, the high energy people, the light bearers, the light bringers, the healers, you say what you want yourself to be. You, my peeps, are going to be the ones that are going to be leading the charge. So you're going to decide if you're going to stand up or are you going to just do a halfway curtsy step to the left or the right? <laughs> but I'm doing a call right now that you step up and step into your power. And your knees may be shaking. Your teeth may be clattering. But it's time for all of us to step up at another level. If you're at 60% like Brad, Brad, what are you going to do to bring that number up two points to 80%, right? These are the questions. You can't yeah. just say that's is my number. What is your plan to raise the game, people? What are your plans to raise the game? And you know what? The bottom line is this is what I know. I'm not for everyone. You may be listening and saying she is obnoxious. I'm okay with that. You know why? Because you're still listening because I'm irritating you enough and I'm speaking into your soul enough because I love you and <laughs> I'm here for you and I see you. And I want you to shine and rise and shine. That's why I do what I do. I don't make money doing things like this. I do it because I care. I care. I After it. I lost my son, Brad, I could care less about things. Yeah. I could live in the back of a van. I'd be fine because I've had all the things. Yeah. None of it means anything. I want nope. to help people but I want to transform with them. And sometimes that requires a little fire under the boot. <laughs> I love the way you look at things. It's fucking incredible. You're right. We do. We need to come together. And we're here on this planet, I believe, to help, support, lift, and cheerlead each other. That's why we're here. That's, yes. that's it. That's the purpose of us all being here is to come together and support one another. If we support each other and help lift each other up, that in turn helps lift the vibration of the fucking collective. So Absolutely. let's just do it. And challenge people. Mm -hmm. Stop letting people around you not live their potential. Yeah. It's like there are, this is the deal. You are going to challenge people because you love them and they're not going to like it. And then that's your decision. Your decision is I'm still going to rise and shine. I know they're not coming with me. I will always love them. Where are my people? That's because it. And you, surround yourself. I, I promise you, you are dragging a handful of people along with you, thinking that they need to be with you as you climb. And I'm telling you, that is dragging you down and diminishing yeah. your dreams. I promise you. I love it. Yeah. Surround yourself with the people who are of like mind, who will help lift you up as well. Because when you lift others, they lift you as well. It's a combined effort. Again, that's what we're here for is to help and lift each other and cheerlead each other and support each other and bring that light and put it out into the world. We are all here with a gift or multiple gifts, and we need to share those gifts with the world so that the world benefits from them. Those gifts aren't for us. They're for everyone else right. in the world. And I would say the most important thing is 
this isn't just a convenient kind of nice howdy doody kind of thing. No. This is your obligation. Yes. This is your responsibility. That's right. To call yourself out if you're playing small. Call other people around you out. You can do it with fun. I say I go deep and I bring the joy, but I laugh a lot, like inappropriately so in (laughs) my calls, even in my interviews, because it's like, if I'm not sweating, I'm not on the edge. Like I need to be like, woo, go Kate. (laughs) Because if I'm not in that edge, I'm doing a half-assed job. I'm not all in. Yeah. I have two feet on the floor. I'm standing because I'm in and I'm committed with Brad. I don't yeah. want to be anywhere else but with you, the listeners, and Brad right now. Because this she, is the she, moment that she matters. standing. Just with those, I can see, Kate, she is actually standing. So, yes. yeah, that it's again, it's our responsibility to share those gifts with the world. Who are we to deny? We were given these gifts it is our responsibility to share them. We cannot deny the world of our gifts. We have nope. to share them. It's our responsibility. It's our True commitment, that. right? We have to. So True. Kate, what is one tip or takeaway that listeners can implement immediately to start stepping into and embracing and owning that inner leader? Well, I'm going to ask you guys to, to think about this. In your mind's eye, just eyes closed, eyes open, it doesn't matter. In your mind's eye, I want you to picture that highest, best version of you. You're physically the way you look, mentally, emotionally, picturing that highest version of you. Just picture it. How it feels doesn't have to be how it looks. It could be how it would feel. And then from that place, I would like you to come up with one to three words of how you would define that version of you, your highest and best self. Write that down. Your highest and best. And then why that is so important. So Brad, play with me. Give me Mm. one word. You at your highest and best, Brad. Touching millions. Inspired. Mm. Inspiring. Yes, inspiring. Inspiring. Different, right? Mm -hmm. Why is that important? Because as I was just saying, I think this is my gift and I need to share that to help inspire others. My duty is to provide this platform, this space to help women share their stories because I think that is incredibly important and it's more important now than ever. So if I can be the person to provide that space and that platform, that's my responsibility. That's why I was put here on this earth. And I know that without a single doubt in my mind that that's why I'm here. And we together, Kate, you and I right now, we are inspiring those who will be listening to this episode through our conversation. That's what it's about. Absolutely. So from one to 10, Brad, mm-hmm. how committed are you to being inspiring? 12. Right on, right? It's out of the box, out of the yeah. park. So you guys listening, right? Do you hear that? Do you hear the difference in when he has that level of clarity or when we have that level of clarity? And for him to step in and say, I'm going to be inspired versus inspiring, it shifts the game, right? It shifts the game. So that's the takeaway that I want you all to to really make that commitment to write those one to three words. And then you know what I want you to do? Take out your darn phone and every single day, set an alarm on your phone to remind you of your highest and best version of yourself. Because there's going to be days you don't feel it. You don't see it. You don't know it, but your phone's going to go ding-a-ling and you're going to be like, oh, that Kate McKay. 
What? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go inspire someone, and you're gonna be kicking just like a little kid, and I'm okay with that. But this, take action, take the steps necessary. We reflected, we intended, and now let's join arms, join forces, join hearts, join voices, join our lights, and rise and shine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it, Kate. You are so inspiring. I love your energy. It's beautiful. I want to talk a little bit more about the whole mindset thing, business and struggles that go along with all of that. I mean, so often we see and hear from the experts that like yourself, who have over, you've overcome adversity, you've transformed through the pain to discover purpose, and which is amazing and powerful. I would love to hear from you now that with everything that you've gone through and come out the other side, what are some of the struggles and things you still face today? Because just because we've gone through the shit doesn't mean, oh, we're out here over here now and we, oh, we don't have to worry about anything anymore. None of these struggles will bother me anymore. They're always going to come up. So, I mean, you've been in the trenches and come out the other side. Just because you've done that doesn't mean that you don't still struggle. So can you share a little bit about your thoughts around that with me? Yeah, absolutely. It's a grind. It's a grind. <laughs> and, you know, this weekend was really hard because, as I mentioned, I found my son's birth bracelet, man. Yeah. It was brutal. But you know what I did yesterday? Yesterday, I, you know, I have friends, you know, struggling, right? So I went over there and I folded her laundry and we laughed, like I was saying. Those types of choices that I make to continue to lean out. We heard the book Lean In, great yeah. book. Right. I'm talking about it's time for us to lean out. It's time for us to lean out enough of the self-work. I'm not saying self-work isn't important, but there are two components of growth, self-work and social work. We're in a generation of let me figure myself out before I date. Let me write another business plan. Internal work is excruciatingly important, but we've become a victim to the internal work and become selfish in our ability to drive social connection. We are all played a part of that. And COVID was the perfect excuse for us to <laughs> go and retreat. And I'm doing a call out. I'm ringing the, the big city hall bell, you know, and saying it's time for us to rise and shine. Rise out. There are social working situations for you to do. In your marriage, if you're not having healthy conversations, let's change it. In your relationship with your children, are your children disrespecting you in ways that you need to have call out honest conversations? Your friendship, your work, it's time to build. The only way we're going to grow is in community. It's the only That's way. Right. That's right. And, you know, Maslow's hierarchy need, he ended it at, oh, like we're awake, like the Buddha. Okay, yeah. but we've gone beyond that as a level of conscious understanding. Younger people know this. That's why I like to hang around people who are in their 20s and 30s because yeah. they keep me awake. I don't want to hang around with people all my age that are already half asleep. It, it, I get depressed. So we yeah. have to be rise into the deeper level of conscious awareness, which is we must pursue. We must be in a place of pursuit, a deeper sense of meaning and contribution. We must. And not 60%, not 40%. No. We must lean in. Self-work and social work, we must do them together. And this is the sense of urgency, Brad, that you and I were talking about. It's the yeah. only way. We must put a sense of urgency. Now, it's not panic, people. I'm not saying fire. I'm saying get <laughs> used up. Get excited that you have this opportunity to lean out into your best self. And is it going to be ugly? Yeah. 
Is it going to be messy? Mm-hmm. But this is what I want to leave with you. Be like Les Brown says. Life will knock you down, and it will. But just remember this. Make sure to fall on your back. Because the bottom line is if you can look up, you can get up. So let's ride. I mean, honestly, that's the best line ever. It is. It is. Les Brown's brilliant. And, you know, the whole community piece, it's integral. And I think we've lost sense of that. I think we've lost community along the way. And we need to get back to it because we cannot, absolutely cannot do anything in life, in entrepreneurship without community. You know what? I I want to say something really important about that. Sure. We have lost community. You know how and why? Because we've accepted less. We've accepted less in our relationships. We've accepted that our families are dysfunctional or we married a narcissist or whatever it is. This all could be true, but you must remember this beautiful people. You chose those situations, not only karmically by coming in this life, me being born into a deadhead family. I chose that. I believe, because I had to learn the lesson that this will not do. Oh, babe, this will not do, right? So understand and own this part. And this is the key point when you're talking about mindset. I do a talk called The Art and Science of Motivation. As I have already said, I am a nerd. I'm also a freak about neuroscience. And so I love this whole concept of motivation. And we can be motivated by fear or we can be motivated by, write these four down, happiness, growth, freedom, or transcendence. Those are the four positive motivators, okay? We can choose those. You don't have to be motivated by fear because motivation by fear doesn't really go very far. It usually ends at low self-worth and low self-esteem and self-hatred when we fail because we will fail. But as we go on the positive route, our failures become lessons and we keep leaning in, okay? But this is the key point. Are you ready? The mothership of all motivation is this one word, choice. You have the power to choose, to stay in the marriage, to change your relationship, to grow a business, to let go of self-sabotage, to release the weight that is dragging you down. Own it, babe. You get the power to choose. And I know victim consciousness is super sexy. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you right now, shoot, nothing beats the freedom of knowing that your life is in your hands and into the divine. I believe firmly that I am here as a divine being under the God's light. And God is within me. And I just move through that and accept that. And once we accept it, that frees you, frees you beyond anything that you could ever experience. The freedom of choice. That's right. We get caught up and we forget that we always have a choice. Always. No matter what situation you're in, there is always a choice. Totally. And my son chose... My son, Will, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that his name was Will. He had free Mm -hmm. will. So I think that's why people were so freaked out, Brad, by Mm -hmm. me accepting Will's choice. He is 22. He chose to go into the woods and free himself from the bondages of the body Mm -hmm. um, because he knew there was more, okay? He was in a Buddhist monastery. He was the most spiritual dude you ever met from the moment he was born. I birthed an angel. So if he knew that there was more, 
then how could I not lean into that? That's the truth, you guys. And this is the final thing, because I know we're going over, but this is the final (laughs) thing I want you to know. And this is, again, something I want you to visualize. I love this stuff. Picture someone who you loved that is no longer here. Okay. Whether they left in the physical realm or that's a relationship that you're not in connection with anymore, but whatever it is, I want you to feel that person and that person that brought something to you. They had some qualities that were beautiful. I mean, bring you to tears thinking about that person and how the longing that we have, that we wish they were with them. We wish they were with us. And owning those qualities, just picture them. Happiness, peacefulness. I felt heard. I felt safe. They were funny. Whatever that is and that person, this is the deal, particularly with someone who's passed. They don't need those gifts anymore, (laughs) right? They don't need them in the other realm. So this is the deal. You get to pick them up and wear them like a shroud. It's the gifts they left to you. They're before you. So you can either cry and moan and be sad, or you can celebrate and put those on and wear them. I'm telling you right now, I was one ADHD anxiety-filled freak before my (laughs) son died. And after he died, I was like, he was the most peaceful If there was any tension, he would just like walk away. He was just, so I own his chill vibe. Like a lot of what you see in me, that's that more kind of lighter version of Katie, not the intense one, but the more like the loving, not attached, that was my will. So I'm honored to wear those qualities. So I would love it. Whatever that is for you, that you own that. That's my gift to you today. My gift is to, Share that beauty of who you are with the gifts that were bestowed on you by the love that you shared with that person. They were your gifts. They bestowed at your feet. And it would be disrespectful to them if you didn't pick them up and wear them. Love it. That is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Isn't that the best, Brad? That's amazing. It's beautiful. Absolutely. And so powerful and true. I mean, That's it. They're always there with you, always around you, watching over you, Mm. looking out for you. Thank you. Thank you. And then just walk in that light of them. See, that's the cool thing. It's like they have, I think this, they say this about like even Jesus, like he has preceded us, right? So Mm. these people that we've lost have preceded us. They've paved the way. And so we can put on whatever they had for qualities and march forward with them, right? It's not Mm -hmm. even like they're necessarily here. They're here. They're within us. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's freeing to me. It's beautiful. I want to talk a little bit about your podcast. You have two podcasts, correct? Not one, but two. Well, I have, I've manifested it and rolled it into Master Your Life is my new one. I started Survive to Thrive right during COVID because I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to be locked in. I need to talk to people. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I started Survive to Thrive. And Master Your Life is just, I love stories and I love cool people. And I love to talk to people about their grit, determination, and their transformation because stories are everything. Your story is your magic. 
And I would say that's the most important piece for all of us is to understand that we're obligated also to share our stories. Yes. I want to also point out too, because there are so many people out there who don't think they have a story. Every fucking person on this planet has a story and you need to share it because Mm -hmm. it will undoubtedly and I promise you this, it will touch at least one person in this world. I don't care what you think, it will resonate and touch one person. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Absolutely. Every single person has a story that needs and to be heard. And ask people what they, I make my clients do this who feel like, oh, no, 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 I don't have anything. I'm like, I want you to reach out to five people and have them write down what makes you special. And people cry and they're like, I can't believe they said that. One of my friends This is something that I just, I'm grateful just this weekend. She said, Kate, and I've been friends with her since I was 14. She goes, I remember that I was at a party with you and you were like 22 or three. And I said, oh my God, I love your shirt. And you took your shirt off your back and you gave it to me. Now I hope I had another shirt, but, (laughs) but she said, I have never forgotten. And that memory, your kindness has totally changed the way that I am in my life. Like that moment in my life changed me. It was a pivotal and moment. I'm like, that one gesture, just like Brad, like what you were saying, one gesture can yeah. change someone's life. Absolutely. So you're also an international best-selling author. Can you share a little bit about your books? Oh yeah, sure. So Claim Your Inner Badass is my bestseller. And that's just really a coaching and has some fitness in it because ultimately that's really what people want to know. How can you be so fit? You know, at almost 60. And so that's, as I say, I have ADHD. And then Claim Your Inner Hottie is my newest. And that's really more my lifestyle and fitness. And then Claim Your Inner Warrior is dedicated for all the warriors out there. That's in honoring my son, Will, who is on the cover. And then I have a new one coming out, Claim Your Inner Peace. That one is a journal. And just as a a story, the reason why I start my books with claim is because I had a dream. And in the dream, my son, Will, was outside hanging out. And I walked up to him and I was like the mom mad, you know, like, like, I'm going to go talk to Will. And I'm like hustling (laughs) down there, you know, all mad. And I bent down next to him. I'm like, Will, I just want to let you know. You create a mess. And I'm like, rah, rah, rah. you know, but I'm not really mad. I'm just kind of giving him a what for, you know? Yeah. And he turns around and he looks at me, he's inches of my face, big grin on his face. He was gorgeous. And he goes, mom, how could you be mad at me? I've been claimed. <laughs> and I woke up in a sweat, freaking out. I'm like, what does that mean? Because I'm a vocabulary freak and I yeah. never, I've been claimed. Like, what is that? And then I Googled it. It was like in the middle of the night, like three in the morning. And I have been claimed it's Ephesians New Testament. So he's saying, I'm with Holy Spirit. I'm fine. I'm fine, mom. Right? So that's what I would like to say to all of you listening. What is it in your life that you need to claim? Claim as your own. Those parts of you that you've been hiding the shame, the guilt that blankets your goodness, right? Those are the places that you need to claim the light of who you are. Oh man, imagine if we all could do that, huh? Mm. How incredible would this world be Mm. if we all did that? Holding it. It'd be insane. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, just pure beauty 
and light. Mm. Incredible. Mm. Kate, what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after learning it? Biggest lesson. Well, it's it's the attachment. It's the attachment to things and people, right? Maybe it's like the losing my son. I had to learn how to release. And it's like I birthed something and then I had to ultimately release him. And for me, I honor myself in the level and depth that I did that. So I remember talking to my grief counselor after and saying, I remember telling you a few months after that, like, wow, like what else is there? I feel like I'm not really attached to anything. I mean, and I was thinking, man, am I suicidal? Is this what suicide is? Because I never had any suicide ideation. 85% of people I hear have had that. And I'm like- Suicide was so out of my realm. I never even thought. And what I realized is that feeling of release of not being attached was first very freaky for me, you know? And then it's sort of like, wow, no matter what, I'm going to be all right. You know, even when I die, I'm going to be okay. Even when someone rejects me or betrays me, I'm going to be okay. And I would like to think I didn't have to lose a child to learn that lesson, but he was my, in many ways, a sacrificial lamb for my karma. I lost a brother. My brother was murdered at the same age. Wow. 22. And my mother never dealt, you see? Yeah. So it was up to me. It was up to me. And I don't take that, that responsibility lightly. I was like, I will heal it for my family and my generation and my other two children. I will. (laughs) Yeah. I will. That is powerful, Kate. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? My insane, I'm extremely courageous and I'm, I don't know why I'm so tenacious and fearless, but I am, you know, I just, <laughs> I, I stumble up and I always, I've, I've almost gotten hit by trolleys and like, you know, I just, I, cause I was always like moving so fast, you know, but yeah, it's just, I think that I am extremely courageous and tenacious okay. and my desire to grow and heal anything. Cause I don't want to leave anything for the next ride. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Speaking of success, Kate, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? Using all you got. You know, being full in, in whatever you're doing and knowing that you made an impact, what that feels like to know that you've made a difference in the small or big ways. What aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career? Part of my personality is my most helpful. (laughs) That's a funny one because it's like, oh, I know what hasn't been helpful. Most helpful. Just my desire to grow and learn, I would say. Mm. What does the word empowerment mean to you? I always honestly never really liked that word. Okay. Because it's like empower. You have to do it with somebody. And I think we have to own that we're powerful first before we add the EM. I think that that's a very important piece in that word. I always resisted it. I'm like, I don't like that word. But I realized that so many women in particular will lean on that and not own their own power. They have to empower other women and yet they're denying their own power. So I would say, own your power and then put on EM. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? 
my son will, because he was the light. And he, he walked into his life with extreme grit and courage. So I honor him for that, even though I'm still kind of mad. <laughs> Sounds like a beautiful human being, mm. truly. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next okay, grouping, sure. of course, is just be two, three, four word answer. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Powerful. What is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books? I have millions, literally so many. I'm just looking over. My recent one I really loved was Motivational Manifesto by Brennan Bouchard. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Love yourself. What is your favorite self-care practice? Sitting and reading and being centered. What is your personal motto? Go for it. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would that one thing be? Kindness. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> what challenge in your life has shaped you the most? Feeling always that I was outcasted, that I never fit in. Yeah. What is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some point in their life? Know how to do things on your own. You have to figure things out. What's something surprising you've learned about yourself in the last year? That I still have so much to learn. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Mm, that's interesting. Probably Oprah. And it's such a trite thing, but she's just had so many conversations with people. And she's also an introvert too. So it just would be interesting that like, I wouldn't want any cameras around. I'd like to do it like a jacuzzi or something like that. Yeah. So it's completely private. We're literally someplace where we can just hang out. That yeah. would be ultimate. No cameras around. Just actually, like I say jacuzzi, because I really just want to be like naked with her and just be <laughs> like that naked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You probably yeah. wouldn't want that, but it's all right. <laughs> I love it. Kate, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Trust yourself. Yeah. Believe in yourself. You are La worthy. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your tribe, your corner of the world, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? Just believe in yourself and life happens at your edges. So if you're comfortable, get up and move into the places that are uncomfortable for you. Tell the people around you that you love them. And if there are people around you that are keeping you small, release them. You deserve more. You are here for more. You are beautiful. And don't ever forget you beautiful one, have greatness within you. Beautifully said. What a, an amazing way to end the interview. Kate, thank you so much. This has been an absolutely incredible, beautiful, inspirational conversation. You are an incredibly inspirational woman. I appreciate you and I am so grateful to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. It's been an absolute pleasure and keep shining that bright, beautiful light of yours out into the world and onto all the people that you work with. You're an amazingly beautiful, bright light, Kate. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm honored to walk the path and light the way with you, Brad. So thank you. My pleasure and my honor. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Kate McKay. She is a certified high-performance coach, an international best-selling author, a transformational speaker, podcast host, the CEO of Sienna Strategy Group, and the founder of Kate McKay, LLC. Thank you so much, Kate. I hope you have a wonderful, beautiful rest of the day. Thank you. 
Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.